The following episode discusses topics of alcoholism, addiction, and self-harm. If you think you may be triggered by these topics, I kindly ask that you do not listen to this episode and instead join us for the next one. All information and resources will be in the episode description. I love you and I hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome back to Tastefully Mediocre. It's why are you looking at me like that? Sorry, I've heard all this before. Okay. It's like weird to see it like in person. Yeah. Hi, I'm your host Nicole, and today I am joined by my friend, my colleague Daniel. Mr. Spice here. Mr. Spice Daniel on the Spice. mic. How are we doing, Nicole? You know, I'm here. Yeah. How are you doing? You know, I'm a little nervous. Been thinking about this all day, yeah. trying to process it, yeah. but I'm ready. Um, I'm very nervous. I feel like I'm highly underqualified uh, to ask you these questions on a professional platform, but I feel like we kind of talk like in general about this stuff just because we're friends. I think I'm still underqualified to talk about it. Okay, cool. So we could both be underqualified. Yeah. So do you want to like introduce yourself a little bit and like say what you're about, how we know each other, whatever? You don't have to say the company, but... Well, I... I'm a retail dinosaur. Uh, Nicole and I work together. We've worked together six months. But it feels like a lifetime. <laughs> it feels like a lifetime. Um, and it's also very sad because I know that it is coming to an end soon. I'm a dad. I have a girlfriend I love. She also works in retail. We met there. Um, and I think the main part of this, this podcast is I'm an alcoholic. I, I can say that very confidently and yeah. proudly. Okay. So you said you're a dad. I'm a dad. What's the best part about being a dad? If you can think of just one. I think my favorite thing about being a dad is seeing two little human beings grow from newborns to seven and ten year olds and just getting to see how they have their own personalities. Mm-hmm. Seeing many me's in them, um, but I, I just seeing their face every day is the best part of being a dad. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I was telling Daniel, like, I walked in here and I met them. And they just have, like, such personalities. And they're in the other room right now. But I was just like, wow, they're, like, they're, like, small humans. <laughs> like, they're, like, these are, like, actual children. That's so weird. I don't have many friends with kids. So I guess I'm just, like, it's, it's like, strange to me. There's there's days that it's, it's really surprising to me. Like, I, I, because I'm separated from their mom, I'll go, like, we're right now a week on, a week off. So I won't see them for a week. I'm doing like normal adult yeah. human things. And then they come back and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a dad. Yeah. I got responsibilities. Yeah. It's just so weird because like walking in, I'm like, do I fit in with you or do I fit in with them? Because I'm like, I'm younger than you, but I'm older than them. And I'm like, what is, where do I belong? I don't even know. Kids I, are just funny. I, I think, <laughs> I, kids. I think just spending any time around kids, you just kind of, you either gravitate towards kids or you don't gravitate towards yeah. kids towards kids yeah for sure um okay you so we're at daniel's house right now and i'm looking around and there are a lot of disney and halloween and pop memorabilia i actually took down i had a whole bunch of i know you guys can't see it but 
Uh, I'm pointing a to a mirror. <laughs> I'm pointing to my fireplace, which has a big mirror above it. And I had a whole bunch of Halloween things. There was Nightmare Before Christmas things. There was, it just said Halloween on it. And I'm like, all right, I need to take all this down. Let's not make it look too like Disney and animated. But I feel like Disney is a huge part of like what I know your life to be. Like, does that play a big part in who you are or? Ever since I was a little kid, I, I would watch the Disney movies, Disney animated. I, I love Alice in Wonderland. Uh, going to the parks all the time. I had an annual pass for easily a decade. It's definitely something that makes me feel young. It, it takes me away from the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I could later on in uh, our conversation, I, I can definitely relate back to Disney. Yeah. Um, but Disney is who I am. I mean, right next to me, I have on my coffee table a Hanukkah, what, platter? And platter, it's the, yeah. Uh, it's the shape of Mickey's uh, silhouette. Yeah. So I'm definitely and one of Mickey those. And your Mickey dreidel right there. Yes. <laughs> I have a lot of those little Disney things. Um, I just moved into this apartment. I would ideally like it to have a lot more Disney components to it. Mm-hmm. Um but maybe a couple weeks from now, my girlfriend will be moving in with me, and I kind of want to have this, like, I'm an adult. I'm not just Disney all the time, so I haven't put up all my Disney things, um, but I'm definitely an, a Disney adult. Do the girls love Disney as much as you do? I don't know about as much as me, but they definitely love it. Um, it's been part of their life since they were little. They go on Disney+, Plus. they get excited to go to Disneyland. They're always asking, when are we going next? I feel like by default, because you're their dad, they have to love Disney. <laughs> like, I, they I, have I, no choice. I, I think so. By it. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to just, like, dive right in? Let's do it. Dive right into the soup. Let's go. Okay. So, again, I mentioned earlier, everyone who's listening, I feel extremely underqualified to ask these questions in a professional setting, but since I am not Diane Sawyer, I feel like it's okay to just like have this conversation with my friend. You're not Diane Sawyer? I know, Sawyer? I know wow. it's really disappointing that okay. I am not Diane. I, my first question <laughs> was, what do you classify yourself as? But you said, I'm Daniel and I'm an alcoholic. So I would assume that you um, would classify yourself as an alcoholic. Is that like, just speaking from what I know from family members, like, what's the difference between, is there a difference between a sober individual and alcoholic, a former alcoholic recovering? Like, what is? There's so many different descriptions. I mean, I'm in a 12-step program, mm-hmm. and I identify myself as an alcoholic, but there's people who identify as uh, an uh, addict or right. what specific drug they use. Don't get me wrong. I, I've, I've had my fair share of fun in the past but my my particular thing was alcohol Mm -hmm. um there's someone that could be a dry alcoholic where they they still have all the mannerisms the characteristics of an alcoholic but they may not be drinking um i did not see that in my research yeah wait so they portray the mannerisms and the personalities but they don't drink is that like a coping mechanism so without going too Mm -hmm. deep into questions we haven't asked yet right i keep talking about i'm in a 12-step program if i wasn't in that i would be a a dry alcoholic there's so many things that i've learned that alcohol was the 
um, the solution to my problem. My alcoholism goes much farther than just drinking um, alcohol or beer, which was my preference. My, my alcoholism is the, my personality, the person I am, how I treat people. I personally think I've been an alcoholic my whole life. I don't think it really affected my life until maybe the last five, six years that I was having my drinking career. But alcohol abuse, it really depends on the person. Someone can say, I have one glass of wine every day and that'd be fine. And another person like me who's drinking every single day like this other person, but I'm having three or four beers or I'm having a big cup and something else with it. So you just said you you're you think you've been an, an alcoholic your whole life mm-hmm. so when did you or how did you come to that conclusion well i will start by saying my my dad was an alcoholic oh okay my my mom my mom knew out the gate Didn't um, know that. yeah my my dad was an alcoholic he also did a lot of coke um but my mom my mom still decided to have a, a kid with this person and my dad has been out of my life my whole entire life. He was there the first couple months. My mom, my whole life is, you don't want to be like your dad. Don't touch alcohol. And I didn't have my first sip of alcohol until I was 19. So from birth until 19, it's don't drink, don't be anything like him. Anything you do will you becoming your father. And that was the last thing I wanted. I denied being an alcoholic for a while. I my like drink a while like years or? years oh, I started okay. I started drinking in 2005 uh a, one of my jobs a manager I had this was 2013 I would always talk about oh my gosh guys guess what I did last night I went out and party I got drunk blackout and my manager one day she's like you should go to an AA meeting with me kind of sounds like you're an alcoholic and I'm like no alcoholics for older people like I'm in my mid-20s I can't be an alcoholic Maybe, maybe down the road, we'll, we'll figure that out. And I had one other person from that same job suggest to me, like, hey, I think you might have a problem. Were they alcoholics? Is yeah. Is that why they suggested that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I've come across a lot of people who have had the same problems I have. And it's, it's easy to look across someone and say, oh, you're an alcoholic. You wouldn't tell them that. But you see similar characteristics and it's something that they have to discover on their own. Um, my mom had, my mom, friends, uh, spouses, significant others, whatever you want to call them, always suggested like, hey, you might have a problem. And I would get very defensive, like, no, I'm fine. I have it in control. And I would say towards 2018, 19 is when I, I knew the problem was really getting out of hand to the point that 2020, my New Year's resolution was, I'm going to cut back on alcohol. January 1st happened. By January 3rd, I was drinking again. Had a bunch of uh, drinks. And if you want, I can kind of go into what what really ultimately got me to stop drinking. Um, I mean, yeah, that's one of my questions down the line. So if you just want to naturally go for it then i think you should go for it okay if you're comfortable with it of course i'm totally comfortable she may not like this but my girlfriend and i have been on and off for a few years and i think it was january 3rd or 4th of 2020 we broke up and it was a it was a pretty bad ugly breakup like most are and 
the next several days, I went on, I mean, a nasty bender. I was drinking every day to the point of blackout. I don't want to feel any pain. And that that's what my drinking was really towards the end. But you had been drinking continuously <clears throat> to up until then, right? Yeah. Okay. Every day, it would just be up until that point, in my opinion, was, all right, let's just take the edge off. I just want a little bit of buzz. And I never really figured out how to just maintain a buzz. It would always kind of get to the next level or me going out and walking to a liquor store or driving to a liquor store with alcohol in me. But on this last bender, I, I just didn't want to feel anything. And I, I just started replaying um, my uh, previous relationship with the girl's mom. My alcohol was really the ultimate reason that we split up. Of course, other things. But then my girlfriend, we broke up, and I have a tendency of being cruel, saying very, very mean things that nobody should hear. When you're under the influence of alcohol? For the most part, yes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm an asshole in general, but... <laughs> well, you're an Aries, right? I am an Aries. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> but that, this last, it was a weekend, um, and I remember... Excuse me, I, I, I drink in the shower. I eat in the shower too, but... Yeah, that is so weird that you eat in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. But it was a Saturday night, and I am like in the shower, drunk as a skunk, just bawling, thinking of all of the lives that I've destroyed. My mom, my girlfriend, um, the girl's mom, friends, myself. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I, I already knew I'm off Tuesday, which would have been the 7th. I'm like, I'm going to go and get my shit together. But until that day, I don't want to feel anything. So I, I drank so much that even the next day going into work, I still was hungover, still had a little bit of alcohol in me. January 7th comes, and I go to a 7 o'clock meeting um, somewhere around where I was living at the time. And at first I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just get them to help me, uh, control my drinking, not necessarily stop, um, but just help me control it. And in that first meeting, I just hear all these people who, of course, all alcoholics or everybody thinks they're an individual and nobody's like them. And I'm in this meeting and easily 10, 15 people are talking and I hear so many similarities that I'm like, I'm not, it's not just me. So I, I, I keep doing that. And at this point, two years, almost two years, I have a couple more weeks. I'm still sober. Sorry. Kind of just like pause there. No, I was just letting you bask in the fact that like your eyes literally lit up when you were like, yeah, I haven't had a drink since. Yeah. It's, I think I'm on 753 days without alcohol i'm coming up just january 7 2020 i have one year 11 months one week one day it's 708 days of not just alcohol because the program is a lot more than that it's no mind controlling substance even though my issue is alcohol mm -hmm. the whole program as a whole doesn't want any mind altering program uh that makes sense yeah. Influences, yeah. That makes sense to me because if you're not in your right mind, you pick it up and then, right? Is that their, like, kind of like their idea? Yeah. Okay. That's really good. Yeah. Um, 
You seem like that's, I mean, this is obvious to me because I'm looking at you, but like that seems like that's something that you're really proud of. It is. It's my, it's my new identity. When I first got sober last year or almost two years ago, um, the very first day after going back to work, I'm like, oh my God, guys, I, I'm going to get sober. I'm going to like seek out help. And everyone around me, it was like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Do you think they believed you? Did you believe you? Um, I, because I, I didn't have friends really who had been through the process before. I had no reason to believe that I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Again, initially for me, it was a way to control it. It was maybe I'll take six months a year off. Um, it wasn't what it is now. I, I thought it would get better. I thought maybe I'll take this time off and I can go back and it will slowly get back to where it was. I'll maybe just have get blackout on the weekend or maybe I'll just drink on the weekend. And then I know eventually it would get to the point that I would maybe be doing every single day. But I will have had enough time off that my body will kind of cleanse itself. Yeah. I had gone to the doctor that day just for a normal checkup and the doctor was looking at my liver and he's like, it's kind of enlarged. He's like, it's either cause you drink too much or you eat like shit. I'm like, it's a combination of both, but definitely <laughs> I already knew like today's day one. You're like, it's both doc. <laughs> but I was the person, I was a person when, you know, you go to the doctor's office and they're like, do you smoke? Do you drink? I'm like, Oh yeah, I drink. Yeah. How many do you drink? Oh, every single day I'm having like crazy amount. And the doctor's looking at me like, you're a fucking psychopath. Yeah. I had been in the ER maybe the year before January 1st, oh, going into 2019 for asthma. Oh. And I'm there drunk. Like happy, happy as fuck. Like, oh yeah, I'm drunk. And they're giving me uh, shots and whatever the case may be. And they start asking me and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm drunk. I, I love this. I was so proud of how much I could drink. I would always tell people I can out drink you any day. Um, and now I'm talking about how happy I am that I'm sober. Then from when you first took your very, very first sip of alcohol to when you stopped, how many years was that? So I Roughly. went to a house party in 2005, always being the designated driver. And someone at the party's like, oh, you should have a, a sip of this beer. And it was the smallest peer pressure. Then I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And I had a drink. It was Bud Light, Coors Light, one of the lights. And I'm like, oh, this is nasty. So he gives me a Jack and Coke. And I loved it. And I had easily a few cups of it. And again, first time drinking, I drive home on my own. And I lied to my mom and told her, oh, a friend drove with uh, me and they took me home and someone took their car. And right away, she's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like all giggly, like, ha, 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 I'm, I'm drinking. And she's like, you've been drinking. How much? She's like, you seem fine. And she, she the first time I drank, she's like, you're going to be like your dad. Like, I see how you're holding it. And... Maybe now it wasn't a lot of alcohol, but for someone who had never had alcohol before, it was a lot. So 2005 to January 2020, um, it, was, it started off as social drinking. I would only drink with people, but when I did drink, 
I had to be the life of the party. I had to be the most obnoxious person. I wanted, I wanted the attention. Without alcohol, I'm someone that's very to myself, kind of a loner. Just, just leave me alone. I would drink by myself. That's how I like to do it. So it became your personality. It your became whole my personality. Characterization was. And I've, I've had a tough time since stop drinking to socialize. A lot of my friends, we had drinking in common. We would go places and that would be the thing we would do. Every time I'd go to Disneyland, which is, again, a big part of me, I would have to go get uh, alcohol. If I went to California Adventure, they have the carts all over the place. I'd be like, oh, I'll get one drink. And I'd disappear and I'd come back uh, drunk. Uh, my girlfriend and I, minus this last time we went, the last time we had gone before, which was 2019, she had to have someone pick her up because of how drunk I got. And at that point, I don't care. And we have this huge fight. I had been fights with my mom at Disneyland just because of how much I drank. Um, ever since then, kind of like what I was saying, I'm kind of just being to myself and have lost a lot of, I wouldn't say friends, but I still struggle with my identity in these last two years. Are you still friends with some of those people who you would go drinking with? Or like, are they, have they now become alcoholics? Or like, are, do they? I don't think any of them are alcoholics. Um, it's not that I'm not friends with them. I still get invited out all the time. And everyone's first question is like, oh, are you able to go? Like, I don't want it to be uncomfortable for you. And I went to a party maybe a week ago, a Christmas-themed party, and everyone was drinking, and that that was hard. And it was with someone who used to be my drinking, I wouldn't say drinking buddy. We had gone out a few times, but that particular night, it was really hard for me. I, I haven't come close at all to drinking, but it, that particular time was hard. So the specific instance then, really, when you decided you needed to stop drinking would have been that fight with your girlfriend? Um, like almost two years ago. I, I think that was the last straw. But even then, a couple days before, I had already said that yeah. my uh, New Year's resolution was to right. either stop drinking or cut back. Yeah. But that definitely, that fight, I, I got sober because of my girlfriend. Easily. I've maintained being sober because of myself. But that initial getting sober was because of my girlfriend and my daughters. I feel like I already know the answer to this because you kind of like said it. But what keeps you returning to meetings with your sponsor or group or who? I, I stay sober, as I said, for myself. Mm -hmm. But I feel it's also a lot of letting down people. Yeah. Um, my relationship with my mom is better. My relationship with my girlfriend is better. My relationship with my kids. Me as a parent is so much better sober than it was before. And I'm just so afraid of disappointing people. But now that we're coming up to two years and the longer I'm away from it, it it's... I feel like I'm obligated to stay sober. Mm -hmm. I would... I would be afraid to go back to that lifestyle. I've saved money sober. And maybe it would have been easier 
six months in, okay, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna start drinking again. But wh- where? What would I even? And I've had this thought in my head. What would I drink first? I don't want to just have a beer. I don't want to just go to straight hard stuff. Um, but I feel I'm a better person now that I don't drink. I I still I still have dreams. I still think about alcohol. I will still occasionally walk down alcohol. My preference was beer. Walk down the beer aisle at a market and miss it. But I no longer crave it. Who did you hurt most because of your addiction? I think the answer would be a little surprising. I think I hurt myself the most. I, and you don't know this, my, the end of my drinking, I was, I wouldn't physically hurt anyone else, but I would hurt myself. I have a huge scar down my chest and my leg from just taking a knife and cutting myself um, because I was so drunk and so upset. And I won't go into details on what, what caused that, but I passed the physical damage I did to myself. Um, it, I drained myself. Yes, I, I hurt my mom, I hurt my girlfriend, my, my kids. And there are all things that I'm constantly trying to repair it's a constant battle with myself. And I'm still learning to love myself. And I, I didn't love myself. Mm-hmm. So the answer is I hurt myself the most. So you're, you said you, that you're in a 12-step program. Is that something you can share? Or like can you kind of give uh, the listeners and I like a gist of what that is or so I am in Alcoholics Anonymous mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna talk too much about the right. the program itself I don't want to promote it that's really something they frown upon but I stay sober because of the program because of the meetings I attend to and I'm not the best at going to as many meetings as I should my sponsor suggests that I go to at least four a week and most of the time, I'm just going to two, one Tuesday night and one Thursday after evening. But the 12 steps, which I won't bore you with all 12 of them, but essentially, one, admitting to myself that I'm an alcoholic and that my life was unbearable. The next two steps are essentially admitting that I can't recover on alcohol by myself and I need a higher power. Uh and then it jumps into the next two, making a list of basically all the shitty things that you have done. Wow, really? Yeah. So I take like a, a a list of admittance essentially. It's a it's a it's what's the word I'm looking for? A moral inventory. Oh, okay. So I've talked about every girl I've ever been with, whether as I had feelings for her, if we had relationships together. Um, if I screwed someone over, it was, it took me a month just to write all this down. And of course there's things that I figured out since then, but it was really diving in and being honest with myself, all the shitty things I did, not only when I drank, but where my mind was during that time. And then it was not only writing it down, but sharing this with my sponsor. And it didn't have to be a sponsor. But I have such a good relationship with him, and I honestly would say he saved my life. So then sharing 
all the shitty things I've ever done. And I mean really, really the darkest, shittiest things I've ever done to him. Then it's a lot of the, the boring things, you know, removing those characteristics, um, asking for forgiveness, and then... Wait, asking for forgiveness from the people? No, asking for asking for forgiveness from my higher power. Oh, okay. Asking God to, to be like, I, I'm sorry for this, like, help me be a better person. I don't want to... I don't they bring religion into that? It's it could be real it doesn't necessarily like spirituality. Spirituality. Because there's people who are agnostic who don't believe in this. But it, it's realizing that something other than another person could help you recover. So okay. and it was something I struggled with for a while. Like I was born, raised Jewish or Judaism. But even then, I didn't think that that God is what helped me. So I have my own idea of a higher power that has helped me, one, get sober, but two, maintain sobriety these two years. Um, then you go into making a list of the people that you did hurt and be ready to make amends, making those amends. And then the last... Like reaching out to them and being like, oh, what? Yeah, so I've had... You have to apologize. No, it's it's not even you can you can reach out to anybody and say I'm sorry. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It, it's reaching out and saying, hey, this is who I was. Like, how do I fix this? And some cases are as easy as don't drink alcohol again. But my the girl's mom, she has a son from a previous relationship, and I helped raise him. And again, he was just on my path of destruction. And I'd be a fucking asshole to him. So I reached out to his dad to make an amends. And I was also an asshole to him, too. I would talk shit about him as a parent because it, it didn't fit what I thought a parent should be. And he basically told me, I will forgive you for how you treated me, but how you were to my son, like, I will never forgive you. I'm happy that you're doing this. I'm happy you're a better person. But I will always have this in my head. And you have to just accept that answer. Yeah. And it, it, it's... But you still completed the step. Yeah, I still completed it. It was... Okay. I, I, I went to him to really make things right. There's... That was one of the hardest. I've had other ones where I've had people that are like, I don't even want to talk to you. Like, you're not worth my time. There's other ones where my, my girlfriend... I am ne never to make an amends to. It's what's called an a living amends. I just have to know that I have to be a better person always. Really? So I don't even... It's called a what? A living amends. Yeah. So I, I can easily be like, oh, hey, I'm sorry. Like, let's move forward. What can I do? But there was just those super close people. My mom, my girlfriend... You don't just go try to make an amends. You're just, right. I'm always got to be a better person. Mm -hmm. Consistently working on yourself. Yes. Wow. Um, so once you get done with the amends, um, then it's kind of going back to that fourth step where you're making personal inventory and it's more of a daily one. All right, today I was mean to Waldo. someone at work, Waldo, <laughs> and, and I have to be better. But it's daily, it's daily inventory so I can be better for myself. And then the last two is just kind of meditating, praying, just 
general daily spirituality. Practices. And the last, the last step really focuses on, hey, you've learned all these things. You're a better person. You've gone through the steps. Now take someone else through it. Have your own sponsee. And two years into the program, I've asked people, I've tried to help them through the path, and it's got me nowhere. I closest I came was this one guy. We started uh, doing the steps. We started talking, and then he just went MIA. So will you get? You said you called him a sponsee. Yeah. So will I you have get a, a sponsor. What? Will you get a new one? I I try to. I wouldn't even say I tried to because going back to before, I'm so antisocial. I go to my meetings and they're hanging out afterwards and I'm like, all right, guys, I'm, I'm going to go home now. Yeah. So I'm not putting myself out there to help another fellow alcoholic. Okay. Do you think that's something you want to change in the future or it, just it, address more like attention to? It's definitely something that I want to address. Um, I think it will help me just in my daily um, recovery if I'm able to take someone else and see all the characteristics that I did and help them grow as I've grown. I, I didn't realize it was so extensive. That's the word. I, and I didn't realize that either. I, yeah. I, like a lot of people, watch movies, TV shows, and they, they have people in their little AA groups. Hey, I'm Daniel. I'm an alcoholic. You know, I had a rough day today. And again, I, I thought it was something that they were going to help me be a better, a better alcoholic. Um, and I would be able to start drinking again. But it's one of those, you don't drink ever again. Ever. You mentioned, kind of going back to like your relationships and how they've improved. Um, have there been any other dramatic changes uh, like in you or like your lifestyle or your attitude um, since becoming sober so other than relationship i i feel like i love myself more Mm -hmm. i even now i all talk about all the time with friends like oh i admit i'm an asshole and fuck everyone and i i use that because i'm just i'm i'm not happy with who i am and at this point without the alcohol i still don't like myself but it has improved um, past the, past that, financially, I've been able to get my own place that I don't share as of right now with anyone. I can afford rent by myself. I've purchased my first car, first two cars. I bought a car last year, traded in this year, and got a brand new car this year. Those were things that the alcohol was the most important thing. I would not pay bills. I would not take responsibilities because alcohol was the most important thing. My daughters, my daughters knew they were, what, two years ago, five and eight. Oh, daddy drinks alcohol all the time. That was going to be my next question was like, do they understand what's going on? They, I would joke about it so much. Like, I'm going to go drink. That's just what they thought. Dad drinks. Mm -hmm. And I, I was, when I would drink, I would get excited for the time that they were old enough that, oh, I'm going to have little people to drink with. When they got to that responsible age of 21, not before, of course. Right. Um, But now they know, like, my dad doesn't drink. He hasn't had any alcohol in a long time. 
So, okay, you mentioned also that one of the um, steps, or I think the last step you said was like meditation or prayer or something like that. Other than meetings, what other things or actions like do you do or take to stay sober? Like is like, I have anxiety. I go hiking to like calm that. Like anything that you do that assists in your sobriety or um, anything you can recommend to people who maybe need some similar I think what has personally got me through it past the meetings past the 12 step program mm -hmm. is having my sponsor even if he didn't walk me through the program or we stopped going to meetings being able to talk to him about anything has definitely saved my life and that that relationship hasn't been perfect I, I consider him family I, I truly love this guy but very early on, it's call me every single day. And it was to just for me to tell him about the daily things, get used to every little thing that happened so that if something did happen, I would feel comfortable to tell him what, oh, I'm about to drink. I haven't drank in two years, but I struggled with the idea that if it was only alcohol, that's the only reason I would need to talk right. to him. Yeah. And he's like, no. And your problem isn't just the alcohol. It's who you are as a shitty person. You have all these character defects. So impulsively, I'm going to go tell Nicole, oh my God, I'm in love with you. No, no, no. That's a bad thing because that's going to ruin our, our, our friendship. So it's going to him beforehand and saying, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Let, let's talk this out. Okay. And I'm so impulsive. And I didn't understand that it's not just alcohol. So recently, I told you I traded in my car. Mm -hmm. The payment went down. The payment went up. The interest went down. I reached out to him afterwards later on that day, and he's like, "That's such a big thing. Mm -hmm. You're you think you're only buying a car? It doesn't matter." I told him, "Oh, I reached out to my mom. My mom supported it." And he used this, I'm here to save your life. Your mom, maybe not the best example, your mom is going to be like, oh, hey, you've been sober for two, three years. What's one drink? If I, if I go to my mom, hey, I'm thinking about drinking, it's only one drink. She's more of like an enabling personality. She's not, but he, his whole thing is, I'm here to save your life. Mm -hmm. It's about the perspective then. It, it could be mom, it could be a friend. He's mm -hmm. using, because I had reached out to mom, right. my mom about the car. But reaching out to someone and they're going to be like, it's okay, you've had enough time. So going back to the original thing off my rant, he easily has been the driving force that has kept me sober outside of the program and all the other things I do. Having that relationship, having someone that I can reach out to and feel comfortable. There's, there's things I can't tell my mom, there's things I can't tell my girlfriend about how I'm feeling and I I know yeah me and him might have a discussion we might have an argument I have gone off on him I've called him names because I felt I was right in that situation but I was able to still have those conversations and talk myself off the ledge if 
I did say feel comfortable, feel close to drinking. What's the hardest part about staying sober? The hardest part is not having the alcohol. I, I miss how it made me feel. I was one of those people, I, I loved how it tasted. Many years, my thing was craft beers. I loved a good IPA, double IPA, um, but I, I loved just drinking gin, just by itself, a, a gin neat, like a super old person. I miss those tastes. Um, but of course, like anyone, I like how it made me feel. And I, I, I know people close in my life, that's why they don't drink. They, they don't like the loss of power. That's why I don't smoke weed, because I don't like, that, that gives me so much anxiety. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't a fan of weed either for the same reason. I don't like feeling anxious, and I have, I have a really, really bad anxiety. And me and you've talked during the summer, I had a lot of mental and anxiety issues. And that was my go-to thing. I was going to drink because it took all that feeling away. I, I, I miss that. But there's obviously so many other things that would come when I did drink. Mm-hmm. What's the easiest part? Money and my body. I, last year, after I was sober, I was all the way up to just under 200 pounds. I'm right now sitting just over 160 so the amount of sugar and calories and carbs, all the things in there has definitely improved my body. But financially, I can buy designer clothes. I can afford this car payment that I never had before. All my cars in the last several years were used cars. I bought myself a brand new car. How can I, as your friend, support you in your sobriety or your mission to stay sober? I think with any situation, whether it's an addiction, whether it's a mental issue, breakup, I think being there for someone, being able to listen to them, mm-hmm. letting that person vent is, is really the most helpful thing. Get me out of my head. I yeah. personally, and I think a lot of alcoholics, not that I'm speaking for everyone, is in their head mm-hmm. and overthink everything. So if I'm not in my head and I'm, I'm helping you, whether it's talking to you, whether it's being there for you, I'm out of my head and I'm not thinking about drinking. Mm-hmm. What can somebody do if they suspect that someone they know or someone that they love um, might be an alcoholic? Just be there and like support? Like, Is there a way to... like? sensitively or softly bring that up to someone or is that just something you kind of just like shoot out the gate with or like I think it depends on the person I think for me I'm a very defensive person where I'm going to be like no I'm not an alcoholic you're an alcoholic fuck you but it depends on the person still being for them maybe suggesting it might help Mm -hmm. but I think everyone has to hit their rock bottom I I definitely had my bottom all of combination of 2018 and 2020. And once I hit my rock bottom, I think it made it easier for me to go into a program or admit that, yes, I am an alcoholic and I have a lot of issues that I need to take care of. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a choice. If it was a choice, I probably would have stopped drinking years back. 
but there was I had attempted one other time before not to quit drinking but to do a dry 30 I'm not gonna drink for this whole month and I made it two weeks in and my body told me you can't and I know I've heard a lot of people on the radio in public say well if you have a problem just stop drinking I wish I could. I wish it was as easy as just saying, okay, I'm not going to drink anymore. And maybe my my story, it kind of comes across that. Like January 7th, I woke up, I'm not going to drink anymore. But I have worked very hard these last two years to maintain it. I don't think, I don't think it makes you weak for being an alcoholic. What I would like to say, if, if you suspect that you're an alcoholic, or that you forget that you suspect you're an alcoholic. If you feel that you need help, reach out. There are so many, there's so many places and people that are willing to help you. I, I'm very open about my story, and I thought people before were enabling me to drink, like, oh yeah, go drink. Those same people are the people that have been there the most for me. So reach out to someone like any other issue in your life. Reach out and get help. Well, thank you, Daniel, for your candid answers and sitting down with me and discussing this today. Um, Thank you to everyone for listening. All resources will be in the episode description. Um, There'll be links and everything there. Do you want to like plug anything? Um, I will plug my Instagram. It is that spicy guy. It is a public account. Um, it does say that I am sober. It has my sobriety date. Uh, I am a dad on there. I post a bunch of goofy shit, but if you feel you're struggling with alcohol or any other substance, uh, email me on there, message me, DM me, whatever the word may be, and I'll, I'll reach out. We can have a conversation. Well, thanks. Fist pump across the table. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Do good things. And I'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.